welcome to another episode of Get It Done Podcast. So if you're joining me on social media, it is now one o'clock in the morning because this is my life. Um, this week I want to talk about getting advice because it's something that we all have done and are doing and do. It's like part of life. Um, yes, I'm all for like live your life on your terms and do what you want to do, but there's also wisdom in like seeking other people out for their two cents because let's face it, like we don't know everything. Like sometimes you need somebody else to put their two cents in and that just is what it is. So I want to talk a little bit about that. And this comes from First Kings, which is what I've been reading through on my own. <laughs> it's honestly been a process for me to start reading my Bible because there's a lot in the Bible and I'm not trying to read. Well, I am trying to read all of it one day, but let's be real. Like you're not trying to just like sit down and like read the Bible from Genesis to Revelations in one shot. Like you, it's just ridiculous. So I'm getting to that point where I'm finally like, okay, I'm going to sit and read my Bible and I just read random stuff, like whatever. I open up my Bible, so I just read that. So I have been reading through First Kings because you guys know I'm all about my shmoney and I'm royalty. And so um, King, First Kings talks about the transition from King David to King Solomon to King Solomon's son. And if you know anything about the Bible, you know that King David was a man after God's own heart. And you know that Solomon was one of the richest men um, alive. And he was a very wise man. So obviously, I'm trying to have money and be wise. So I'm going to study the greats. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was reading in chapter 12 this past week. And uh, I just want to read some of it to you guys so you have the context. And I normally don't do this much Bible on my podcast. You know, like you guys get snacks and tidbits of Bible. But I want you guys to have the full context here. So bear with me. I'm going to give you the ginger version anyways. Um, So basically, King Solomon is dead and his son is taking over for him. And so the people come to their new king. Uh, His name starts with a J. I'm not about to try to pronounce it. (laughs) We're just going to say King Solomon's son, period. Um, So the people come up to their new king and they say, your father put a heavy yoke on us, but now lighten the harsh labor and the heavy yoke he put on us, and we will serve you. So the king tells them, go away for three days and then come back to me. Essentially, I'll get back to you on this. Like, let me just figure out what I'm going to do. And so then the king, he goes to the elders who serves his father, Solomon, during his lifetime. And he says, what should I tell these people? And they said to him, If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. But this young king rejected the advice of the elders and consulted the young men who had grown up with him and were serving him. The young men who had grown up with him replied, These people have said to you, Your father put a heavy yoke on us, but make our yoke lighter. Now, Tell them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will make it even heavier. My father scourged you with whips. I will scourge you with scorpions. AKA, y'all thought my father was bad? You ain't seen nothing yet. Like, let me show you bad. Um, Fast forward. (laughs) 
next thing you know, he's literally, like, running from his people. Like, literally has to escape and, like, run for his life because the people, <laughs> the people want to kill him because he's out here acting stupid. Anyways, um, that passage just showed me a lot, and I'm about to break it down for you guys. So, like I said, this episode is all about getting advice from people because that's a part of life, right? I mean, we don't know everything, and so if you're smart, smart, excuse me, you're gonna, like, seek out other people and ask for their two cents and, like, ask them their opinion, you know? Like, even on social media, we ask for people's opinions. Like, we look for the comments. We put up little polls and ask questions and all this kind of crap. (laughs) Stuff, crap, whatever. Anyways, um, yeah. So, like, this is very practical stuff I'm talking about here, right? Like, I think we can agree this is not something that I'm just, like, pulling out of the air and giving to you guys. So I want to give you guys stuff that you can apply to your lives so that you could be a better version of yourself. So, um, yeah, so I got some steps for y'all. I got my notes. It's double-sided. I got fancy and typed it out because I didn't really type it out. I copy-pasted it, but anyways... I got my notes here, so you already know. Um, So number one, seek advice from people who are different from you. Um, When we go back to the story of this young king, the first thing he does was the right thing. He went to people with who have more life experience than him, the elders that literally advised his father. And he asked them, what should I do? Where he messed up was that he went to his boys and said, Nah, ask the elders, what do you guys think I should do? And if you, like, were paying attention, not only are these his boys that he grew up with, a.k.a. the same age as him, but they're also serving him, a.k.a. they're also working for him. And what idiot is going to go tell his boss the op- if If somebody comes to you, if your boss comes to you and asks you a question, like, you're going to tell your boss what they want to hear because, hello, you're not trying to have conflict, you're not trying to get fired. And so this king, this young king goes to people his age for advice and they tell him what he wants to hear because they're not stupid. Hello. And so it's important to get advice from people that's different from you because they're going to have a different perspective. They're going to have different knowledge. And also, if um, I did talk about why it's important to surround yourself with people that's different from you in my episode called I Ain't Got No Type. So go back and listen to that if you haven't. Um, but yeah, it's important to ha- surround yourself with people that are not like you. You you can't just have people that you're only gonna go so far if you have if everybody around you is like you, or if you have a group of people and you feel like you're the best out of that group, you're the smartest out of that, out of that group. You're doing yourself a disservice. You need to get around people that's better than you, that's making you uncomfortable because that's how you grow. But anyways, um, my second advice is if you're listening to my podcast right now and you consider yourself young, then I'm going to need you to get some older people in your life. And that could be your parents, that could be your parents' friends, that could be your coworkers, whatever. Like, find you somebody that is older than you, but that's willing to have conversations with you and teach you because you're going to learn so much. Like, I love hanging out with older people. Like, I will literally be out here with somebody's moms, somebody's moms. Does that make sense? Anyway, I don't even know. <laughs> I literally hang out with, like, middle-aged women and be having the time of my life because 
I love learning from them. Like, they're hilarious. They're carefree. They're middle-aged women. Like, they don't care about nobody. They're trying to live their best life. And I admire that. And even older, like, I love talking to my patients that are, like, 99 years old, literally, because I did this last week, and just talking to them about their life experiences, if they're still, like, mentally there. And even if they're not mentally there, that's a funny conversation, too. (laughs) But anyways, I love talking to older people because they just tell you stuff. I even had this one patient, um, how do I talk about this with protecting his identity? I guess I'll just say it was like an older Jewish guy and he thought he was going to die. So he was nervous and he was talking to me about his life story. And it was just incredible how to see how times have changed, but certain things never change. And it was really interesting. So if you're a young person listening to my podcast, which from the analytics, most of you are. Get you some older people in your life and thank you later. And if you happen to be listening to my podcast and you are older, or no, let me put it like this. If you are listening to my podcast and you know that somebody is younger than you, whether you're 20 and you're thinking about your sibling less younger than you, or you're middle age and you're thinking about your teenage kid or however old your kid is now, whatever. Like, if you know somebody that's younger than you, and you see that you can pour into them, do that. Like, you have experience. You know things that they don't. Like, you are selfish if you keep that to yourself. If you see somebody walking down a road that you have walked down or that you know leads to no good, like, shame on you if you do not speak up. So, yeah. Number three. This one is uh, for me because um, your girl's... uh, how do I say this nicely? I was tripping and I was caught up in some foolishness and people tried to tell me that I was caught up in some foolishness, but I wasn't in the space to receive it. And so I thought they were being haters and bitter. So number three, not everyone is a hater. Okay. Like everybody is not hating on you just because they don't agree with you doesn't mean they're a hater. All right. I need to say that because we are in canceled culture and all this kind of foolishness and oh you think different from me blocked what no okay that's not even christ-like that's not even mature like stop it so yeah not everybody is a hater and if you only the same way that if you only surround yourself with people that's like you if you only surround yourself with people who tell you what you want to hear if you only surround yourself with yes men you're again you're doing yourself a disservice Um, And I looked up some quotes on being a yes man because it's pretty powerful. Um, And I got two that I want to share because you guys know I love my quotes. So the first one is from this guy. I didn't look up his name, so I don't even know if he's a real person, but it's just what I saw. Um, Supposedly his name is Sam Manickshaw. I don't know. It doesn't matter. I just want to give credit where credit is due. So he said, a yes man is a dangerous man. He is a menace. He will go very far. He can become a minister, a secretary, or a field marshal, but he can never become a leader nor ever be respected. He will be used by his superiors, disliked by his colleagues, despised and despised by his subordinates. So discard the yes man. I'm going to read that again because it's like packed full of stuff. A yes man is a dangerous man. He is a menace. He will go very far. He can become a minister, a secretary, or a field marshal, but he can never become a leader nor ever 
be respected. He will be used by his superiors, disliked by his colleagues, and despised by his subordinates. So discard, aka throw out the yes man. And so I just want to break that apart a little bit because it's really heavy. So yes man is a dangerous man. He is a menace. You guys remember Dennis the Menace? <laughs> Anyways, um, he will go very far, okay? So like, if you... From the surface, a yes man, it looks like he's doing his thing, right? Like, he, it looks like he's winning. Like, he's going places. Or so it seems. He can become a lot of things, right? But he could never become a leader. You know why? Because he doesn't even know where he's going. If he's saying yes to everything, how is he? Wh- what? Where is his sense of direction? All right? Because when you are going somewhere, when you decide that you have an end goal, you ha- you can't say yes to everything. You're going to be all over the place, all right? And if you're all over the place, you out here looking crazy. You are double-minded. You're unstable. And I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to follow anybody that's unstable. Like, where are you going to lead me? Nowhere. That's where. And I'm tra- I'm not trying to go nowhere. I'm trying to go places. So anyway, can't be a leader and he can't be respected because for the same reasons, like, what about you is commanding my respect? Like, okay, you have quote-unquote a title, you might look like you're winning, but like I said, if you look past that, this person is really a hot mess, and like, you, so things that are deserving of respect are things that are good, or valuable, or worthy of reverence, or regard, and I never seen a mess in my life, or some crap, or some trash, and said, wow, that looks great. Never, never. So I'll just say that. Um, what else? What else? What else? Okay, so he'll be used by his superiors. You guys think about it. It's the same thing with the whole like entrepreneurship nine to five thingy. How um, entrepreneurs want to bash people who work nine to fives, which you shouldn't because we need people that work nine to fives. But um, and when you're working for somebody else, they're not worried about you. They are worried about their business, their money, their time. You're not the priority. The numbers are. And so that being said, we all been there. Like, you're at work and you don't want to be there. And your boss is like, hey, can you pick up overtime? What? But if you're a yes man, your boss is going to come to you for everything because they already know that you're never going to tell them no. And they're going to take advantage of that. But... When you say no, sometimes you need to say no. This past week, my job tried to call me and ask me, do I want to come in for overtime? I said, I'm on orientation. And plus I had plans and I don't, I don't really like to work overtime. <laughs> Anyways, so I said no, because I got to protect my peace. And I got a daughter, like I got other priorities, not this job. And so I had to say no. But like I said, if your boss or your leaders know that they can count on you, to say yes to whatever, they're going to take full advantage of that. And that's not nobody's fault but your own. Um, the next part, disliked by their cop, but, oh my gosh, disliked by his colleagues. I can't talk. Um, yeah, people are not going to like you because it's, it's like the teacher's pet thing. Nobody likes the teacher's pet because the teacher, you know, it's like, we're jealous, all right? We all wish we were the teacher's pet, but it's not the reality. And the only reason that this person is a teacher's pet is because they don't know how to say no. So it's like, what are we even really jealous of? But, you know, at first, people are going to be jealous. Whatever. 
Um, and then despised by his subordinates. Because if you're a subordinate, that means you're underneath somebody. And let's just talk about it from that aspect of um, that whole, like, leadership thing. Like, if you're being led by a yes man, that person is all over the place. And so you're going to despise them. Because imagine trying to follow somebody, and one day they're up, and the next day they're down. You know what? I don't even have to imagine it. I've been there, all right? I've, I've um, played basketball under coaches who were, no disrespect to anybody, but this person, okay, first of all, let me just say, if you're in a leadership position, if you are in a position to coach other people, that is a very sacred thing. That is something that shouldn't be taken lightly. You might think that it's a little rec team. You might think it's a little upwards basketball team. You might think that these kids is not going to go to the NBA, so who cares what I say, but you're wrong because if you're in a position of leadership, there's people that are always looking up to you. And so that's why personal development is so important. Because if you don't work on yourself, if you don't heal, you're going to be bleeding on people who didn't cut you. And I've gotten bled on by people that I didn't cut. So, for example, I played under this coach and they were emotionally all over the place. We never knew what we were going to get when we came to practice. And because of that, we were miserable. We we love basketball. We're Division three athletes. We play because of passion, not because of money, not because of benefits. We play because we love the game. And so I watched a team where we used to have so much fun, and we was winning, y'all. We went to the NCAA tournament and everything. That was my first time ever going to Maine. Whatever, memories, great times. We went from, like, having so much fun to literally being stressed out. Like we did, we, when we got into the gym, it was silent. Like nobody wanted to talk. We were miserable. We didn't want to like, it was super, we were like having borderline anxiety about the sport that we loved because we didn't know what mood our coach was going to be in. And so that like the quote says, it's the yes man is despised by his subordinates. And that's real because what like, I'm looking to you to guide me, to take me places, to lead me, and you're a hot mess. You're all over the place. Like, I'm sorry. I might be getting in my feelings a little, but I just want you to realize, like, you don't want you don't want a yes man in your life, and that's what the last part says. Discard the yes man. Throw them out. All right. Cut them off. Block them. Unfriend them. Like. Get rid of them, all right? Whatever you got to do, you know? You got to, like, change your phone number. You got to whatever. Do what you got to do. Don't surround yourself with yes men because you're really hurting yourself. Okay. Also, I've had a quote from Gandhi because Gandhi is, like, a goat. And this one is not as crazy. <laughs> so, a no uttered from the deepest conviction is better than a yes merely uttered to please or worse to avoid trouble. Dramatic pause. Y'all. Okay, I'm going to read that one more time. A no uttered from the deepest conviction is better than a yes merely uttered to please or worse to avoid trouble. Take it from your girl here, all right? I've been in the position of being a people pleaser. Like, that's how I got myself into an abusive relationship, into places that I had no trouble being into that's okay I just did my Instagram um, live interview with Theo which I will be hopefully uploading but let me tell you something because I said yes 
because I wanted to please other people and because I wanted to avoid conflict and drama, I ended up in an abusive relationship. I ended up on couches with bedbugs. I ended up handcuffed at three o'clock in the morning on federal property. I ended up having anxiety attacks. I ended up embarrassed and crying way more than I should have been because I didn't enforce my boundaries because I didn't want to say no because I was avoiding trouble and trying to be nice. Like sometimes you have to say no and that's not being selfish. So hear me out on that one. All right. Back to point number three. Everyone is not a hater. So if you go to somebody for advice and they have the love, because it is a form of love, tough love, if they have the balls to disagree with you, I need you to ask yourself some questions about this person. One, what is this person's track record with me personally? What's your relationship like with this person? Are they constantly letting you down? Have they shown up for you? things like that, like, it matters, um, if that's a person that has let you down, hurt your feelings, disrespected you, constantly talking down about you, like, and they tell you something that you don't want to hear, take it with a grain of salt, it, it doesn't really matter, but if this is a person that has consistently shown up for you, shown that they care about you, that they love you, that they're in your corner, then I need you to take what they're saying, even if it hurts, Take it a little bit more seriously because chances are they're probably right. All right. How do they treat other people? Um, if somebody, if you watch, so how somebody treats, how people treat people says a lot about them. So if you know this is a person with that, I treat everybody with the same amount of respect from the CEO to the janitor type mentality, you could trust somebody like that. But if you are watching somebody, like, okay, somebody that you can't trust is a gossip. Because if they're talking to you about other people, they're probably talking about you to other people. Did I say that right? If they're talking to other people, no, 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 yeah. If they're talking to you about other people, they're probably talking to other people about you. And so you can't trust somebody who gossips because the same way, they're gonna, they're just not trustworthy. Like, the same stuff that they, how they do other people, they're gonna do you too. Don't be dumb. And also... All right, if you are with somebody and they're a liar, like, you see them lying all the time, chances are that they're probably lying to you. Like, I have been with somebody, and I watched him lie about a lot, anything. Like, he lied on job applications. He lied to people to manipulate situations in his favor. And at the end of the day, I'm left wondering, is he lying to me, too? So chances are, if they're going to lie to other people, they'll probably lie to you too. Like, don't fool yourself. Don't be dumb. All right, take it from me. <laughs> take it from me. Because <laughs> I know, unfortunately. <laughs> Anyways, and also, lastly, do, do these people, does this person have experience in whatever the area is that you're seeking advice? Because um, don't take advice from people who have nothing to show for it. It like don't what's this I can't remember the quote y'all but essentially it's just like don't take constructive criticism from somebody who's never built anything like it's just it doesn't make sense like how do they even know what they're talking about like what is no no like if I want to know 
anything. Oh my gosh, we could like have a bajillion examples about this. Like, if I want to know how to be, how to have the best marriage in the world, I'm going to go to somebody who's happily married. If I want to know how to get fit, I'm going to go to somebody who is cut up, like, doing their thing in a gym, getting it in. If I want to know how to cook, I'm going to go to that person that's posting food all the freaking time. Shout out to, wait, I must mess up her name, Windy City Peach. She has her virtual cooking classes, and she is doing her thing. She's a lawyer, but she does her thing with food, and so shout out to my friend. Um, Yeah, like, if you want to learn how to do something, like, go to somebody who knows what they're doing, like, because what does somebody who, first of all, you just look dumb when you talk about stuff that you don't know. Like, you might sound good, but again, like, getting below the surface, like, what's really there, like, it's a facade. It's a mask. And we all know about masks in 2020. So my last part that I wanted to go back to is um, verse 12, 7, which really resonated with me. And that is the correct advice in the story, the advice of the elders. Um, so I'm going to reread it. If today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your servants. And I just want to talk about how many times you see the word serve or servants so if today you will be a servant to these people and serve them and give them a favorable answer they will always be your servants now isn't that interesting this just hit me it didn't hit me when I read it the first time he says if you will be a servant to these people they will be your servants so you know what that says to me reciprocity all right reciprocity that's important all right um yeah like and when I read that verse, the first phrase that popped into my head was servant leadership, which is the best kind of leadership, honestly, because you don't want to be working hard for somebody who doesn't give a crap about you, who doesn't take care of you. And that goes for a lot of different things. Um, and when I'm reading the Bible, this is a tip. If you are new to reading the Bible or you're trying to read the Bible for the first time or you just it's overwhelming, you don't really know how to do Bible study. Because I know that that is a common issue, and we've all been there. Um, so my thing, when I read the Bible, so first of all, I read my physical Bible because there's no notifications popping up. I'm not tempted to go on Instagram real quick, real, oh my God, real quick and check my DMs. Um, there's less distractions. It's just the word. Um, so I'll read my physical Bible. I still use the same Bible that I got from my eighth grade um, graduation, even though it's, like, falling apart now, and I need a new one, but anyways, I read my physical Bible, and then if I find a verse that really resonates with me, I go to, um, the Bible app, the version Bible app, and I will look it up, and then I will compare, you have the feature to compare the text to different versions, and so I'll do that, because different versions word things differently, and I'm very big on words, and different versions just hit different. So, like, if I want to expand on something, um, I might go to, like, the Amplified or the NLT. If I want something watered down because it's a little bit over my head or I'm not really understanding, I might go to, like, the Message or the Passion Translation. Um, if I want the most accurate, more more of an accurate translation, less watered down, then I will go to the King James or the ESV um, I do like the NIV for, like, that's my go-to, like, 
um, if I open up my Bible and I'm just reading, my Bible is an NIV Bible, but I do think that the NIV is a, has gotten a little bit looser over the years. So, yeah. Anyways, um, so, like I said, First Kings 12.7 really stood out to me, and I wanted to dive deeper into it, and so I looked up the different translations. And so, in the King James Version, I'm going to break it down to you because I am very big on what's the main point here. Like, miss me with the details. What is, what do you really want? And so, when I got to read the King James Version, the three things that stood out to me was serve them, answer them, speak good words to them. And I really like that because, again, it talks about serving people. And serving others is so important because when you serve others, the focus comes off of you. A lot of the things that we struggle with, anxiety, depression, comparison, doubt, low self-esteem, those those issues are all centered around you and yourself. So when you step out of me, 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 woe is me, me, myself, and I, blah, 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 and you worry about other people, not only does it benefit other people, but it comes back and it blesses you as well. And so serving others, um, service, how everyone's talk about it, volunteering, those are that's a very important thing. And especially in this day and age, when one day we're out and about and the next day we're quarantining or we got masks on and we're feeling very isolated and separated, there's still ways to get out here and serve other people. Um, I just cashed out this random woman $20 because she's having triplets the other day and that didn't require any type of interaction and it was just something that I did like there's still ways out here to serve other people um schedule a FaceTime with somebody check on your friends text them make sure they're good um go outside and go outside period <laughs> get some sunlight especially because the days are shorter now if you can um work out that doesn't have to do with other people. But the point is, like, when you do these things, it's taking care of yourself. Because now more than ever, um, you matter. And your mental health matters. And not only do you matter, but other people matter, too. So don't forget about them. All right? Anyways, answer them. I didn't really think about that. But it's important because if somebody comes to you with a question, like, you should answer them. Like, that's just nice. <laughs> that's good like if somebody comes especially when you're in a position of leadership like if you don't have answers to questions shoot I'm a nurse all right like sometimes I get asked questions oh what is this medication for oh can my family come visit and what do I look like ignoring people's questions like that's rude and don't be afraid to say you don't know if somebody asks you a question and you don't know the answer go on and find out remember what I said go to people with experience who know um yeah, like if somebody asks you a question, you should answer them. And this last part is really what stood out to me about the King James Version, which is speak good words to them. Speak good words to them. And I'm not even going to like wax deep on that. Like, be nice to people, all right? Like, speak, speak kindly, speak positively. Like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And on top of speaking, being nice to other people, be nice to yourself, speak good words to yourself, speak positively to yourself, because let's be honest, half the crap that we say to ourselves, you would never say to your friend, and you are your friend, so treat yourself nice. And lastly, like I said, I do enjoy the message translation, even though I know it's not the most, like, 
I don't know, the most strict or, like, critically acclaimed. But sometimes you need the message translation, all right? It is what it is. And so the message translation says, If you will be a servant to this people, be considerate of their needs and respond with compassion. Work things out with them. They'll end up doing anything for you. Y'all, I'm giving you the gems on how to be a good leader right here. All right. Um, what really stood out to me about this translation was the word compassion because I, as I read the Bible and I try to learn more about who God is, because when I learn more about who God is, I learn more about who I am in turn. Um, God is a very compassionate God. Like he shows mercy way more times than he ever should, but he does. And if God does that, then I should do it too. And if God is compassionate, then I should be compassionate. And so, like, what does that even mean? And then I thought about how, like, growing up, um, we're always taught sympathy and empathy. And I was taught that, so sympathy is S for same, and then empathy, they're very similar. And I was taught that, like, you should not be sympathetic with people because you don't know what anybody's going through. And their experience is not your experience, so you shouldn't be sympathetic because it's being inconsiderate to what somebody's going through. That's what I was taught, and I was like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Like, I don't want to be here offending people, like, saying that I know what they're going through and I don't know what they're going through, but as I did some research on the definitions of sympathy and empathy and compassion, um, compassion and sympathy are a little bit more close related than compassion and empathy so empathy is more of just a feeling it has this connotation of imagination like oh I can imagine what you're going through but I don't know it but I can imagine it it's just a feeling because what is imagination what are thoughts those are not physical things um they don't really they're whatever you know I can't get money for my thoughts I can get money when I implement and act out my thoughts but I can't if you know, like, they're in my head, they're for me, period, but once I take action, that's a whole different story, and so on the flip side, um, sympathy has this idea of loyalty, of feeling other people's pain as your own, uh, oh my gosh, you know what, I really, so this is my journal, like, my personal journal, if you're watching on live, it is from I Wear My... I think I said that right. It's either I wear me or I wear my. I'm pretty sure it's I wear me. I always mess it, mess it up. I'm sorry, Rachel. But y'all, this is my journal. All right. I write everything in here. And I want you guys to get these definitions. So these are some of the definitions that I got on the word sympathy. Whatever affects one affects the other. Mutual or parallel susceptibility. Unity, harmony. An inclination to think or feel alike. Loyalty, favor, support, the act or capacity of entering into or sharing the feelings or interests of another. Sensitivity. Hmm. A lot of us don't like to be sensitive. Hmm. Anyways, the correlation. This one I love because, like, we're all about vibes and, like, frequencies. And I know, like, if you're an old school Christian, you're like, oh, my gosh, like, what is that? That's so worldly. But it's really not. Um. So this last one I really like. And it is the correlation existing actually side note so correlation I love that word because it takes me back to math class and I really loved math growing up but anyways back to this the correlation existing between bodies capable of communicating their vibrational energy to one another through some medium 
And if you know anything about a medium, that's just a channel. Like that could be Instagram, that could be your words, that could be writing, that could be a letter. Like it's not that deep, all right? Um, And then antonyms or opposites of sympathy are callousness and cold-heartedness. And how many of us are out here saying that we're cold-hearted? You know, I love the song by Meek Mill, Cold-Hearted, right? It's a cool song, but actually being cold-hearted is not, it's not winning. It's not something to brag about. Anyways, um, yeah, so when you are empathetic, which is another big thing now, right? Narcissists and empaths, empaths, whatever, feelers, which I'm not downplaying it because I am a feeler, all right? I'm very emotional. That's my DNA, whatever. But when you when it comes to empathy, you're only dealing with feelings um, versus compassion and sympathy are feelings and actions that come from your feelings. So not only do I feel for you and what you're going through, I'm going to take action to help you. I'm going to take action to change. Not only do I see that racist behaviors are affecting you, but I'm going to go out here and let the world know that Black Lives Matter. Not only do I see that there's genocide going on in Armenia, how do I get involved? Where can I protest? Where can I donate? Not only do I see that Puerto Rico needs help rebuilding after these hurricanes, but what supplies can I send? Not only do I see that people are out here treating trans people, gay people, lesbian people, queer people like crap because they decided that they don't want to conform to gender roles as are traditionally ascribed or whatever. But okay, not only do I feel bad because you're getting treated like crap because you decided that you're not going to be like somebody else. How can I support you? Do you need to, do you need a friend? Um, do you need somebody to sit with? Do you need somebody to talk to? Like, there's a difference between, oh, wow, I'm so sorry you're going through that. And, like, actually getting in the mud, getting in the trenches, going to war alongside somebody and, like, figuring out what you can do with what you already have to make a difference. Because it kind of goes back to that whole idea of being a yes man. A yes man is going to sit there and say, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, whatever. But words don't mean crap, Okay. Like, words do matter, don't get me wrong. Like, words are very powerful, but at the end of the day, I can't take words and go to the bank and ask for a million dollars, but I can take actions and ideas and do something with that. And so, yeah, yeah. I don't mean to end so abruptly, but that's really all I had to say. <laughs> so I hope that you guys were motivated. I hope you got some gems on leadership. Um, Yeah, let me know what your favorite part about this episode was in the comments i will be posting this and i'm also going to upload this to all the platforms it's eight of them i will announce them one day what they all are um i just want to also thank zemdi for my intro and outro music um he is an amazing producer and i also want to thank joe joe does logo joe does logos joseph Vouge. Not about to go through all his nicknames because he has too many, but he did my cover art. And if you guys ever need any graphic work done, then you should definitely go to him. If you're an entrepreneur, if you are writing a book, if you want your emails to look better, whatever, like he can take care of you. If you want clothing design, like he's your guy. Um, yeah, just shout out all my friends and all my listeners. You guys are all awesome and I love you all. And I will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>